Today's guest is David C. Mitchell, a Democrat running for County Council District 23. David's joined in that race by Alan Mitchell, a Democrat running in County Council District 23. In the general election in November, Ben Carper will join them as a Republican. David is our guest today. Alan's another guest on a different podcast where we recorded with him. At this time, Ben Carper has not responded to our invitation, but we do hope to have him on in the future. I'm joined right now by David Mitchell, who's one of our candidates for county council, and uh, we're riding the 502 this morning. So, David, welcome to the this very fancy Proterra electric bus here on Greenlink. Aaron, I'm glad to be here this morning. Very excited to be able to talk with you about the issues as it relates to Greenville County Council, District 23. Uh, as you said, I'm David C. Mitchell and candidate for Greenville County Council, District 23. Yeah, well... Tell me a little bit about why you were running for county council. So you're a new candidate, mm-hmm. and uh, what what sort of things brought you brought you out to, to run? Erin, if I could, can I start by telling a little bit about myself? Uh, I'd like sure. people to know who they, they're hearing. Um, I am David C. Mitchell. I've been a lifelong resident of Greenville County. I've uh, been here for 55 years. And I'll tell you, I'm 55 years old. <laughs> um, I... Um, I'm a graduate of Greenville High School. Okay. Uh, went to Limestone College, received my bachelor's degree in business administration from there. Uh, went on to Clemson University, received my master's in human resources development. I'm currently a student at uh, Gardner-Webb University, uh, where I'm working my master's of divinity in pastoral care and counseling and doing pre-PhD studies uh, at the university and look forward to graduating and being able to put service to the Lord uh, and my degree to work. Uh, to tell you a little bit about why I'm running, uh, for Greenville County Council District 23, I, I believe I can add the demonstrated leadership, commitment, and results uh, to this district. Uh, this district has been represented by Ms. Xanthine Norris for a good 17, 18 years. Uh, she's done a wonderful job, a wonderful lady. She happens to be retiring from this seat. So I feel like I'm one who can have the skill sets, the abilities to come in and move this district forward and be able to add value to uh, the district with some of my campaign issues and platforms that I'd like to share with you today. Okay. Well, tell me, why don't you tell me about some of that stuff? What are some of those issues that you think are, are coming up that are important? All right. Some of, some of the thing, issues that are reported, and I'd like to talk, kind of talk about my, my demonstrated leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, that leadership uh, will lead to me accomplishing some of those things I want to uh, okay. get accomplished. Um, as you may know, I, I've currently served uh, on the board of directors for the Greenwood Transit Authority, GTA Greenlink, and so I'm very familiar with the bus they're riding on. And, I was going to say for our listeners, as David got on the bus, he mm-hmm. greeted uh, several people that work here because yeah. you know them personally, I know, right? I know them personally, and uh, I've been having a very close connection with these people. Uh, they're great employees. They love the system. Uh, they value the, the riders of, of GTA Greenlink, and we want to value the system, but we want to make it better as well. So part of my, my, my work uh, with GTA Greenlink has been around uh, getting a, a system that's going to be more effective, more efficient. Um, over the last 13 years I've served on the board, uh, we totally revitalized the system. We're currently riding on a Proterra bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have four of these buses. And so we have a green focus now. We have over 17 new diesel buses uh, that burn clean energy or clean diesel. So our, we have a green focus right now. And as we continue to build our bus system, we're going to add more green facilities or infrastructure to, to the system, meaning more Proterra buses. Uh, maybe we look at some hydrogen-type buses. We're going to look at ways to be more efficient and be you know, better uh, protectors of the environment uh, because these buses drive around all day and we put out a lot of emissions. So we want to improve that. Um, but also I want to focus on uh, transportation as it relates to creating a reliable system here with GTA Greenlink. 
one that um, is going to get people to and from their destinations in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. Right now, we got on this bus um, at 1030. It's going to be 1130 by the time we get back to the transfer center. Yep. Uh, if I have to be to work at 7 o'clock and I miss the 6 o'clock bus. You're missing work. You're going to be late. You're going to be late. Uh, we have to have an effective and efficient system that is more reliable so people will feel comfortable using GTA GreenLink uh, to eventually get us to a 30-minute service. Our ultimate goal is a 15-minute service. But with that, it requires funding. Uh, we need a dedicated funding source. Uh, to make sure our buses can run efficiently and effectively and get to that eventual 30-minute uh, service. So that will be my first focus on uh, county council, is to make sure we get the dedicated funding, not only uh, additional funding from the city, which we partner with, but also from the county and our municipalities that we service, Smallton and Simpsonville. Everybody needs to chip in to make the system work effectively. If we do that, then we can, again, get the funding that we need. How do we do that? Uh, there, there are a number of ways. Uh, part of it could be through, um, you know, a penny sales tax. Uh, I know that's a controversial issue, but uh, that's one of the resources that we have. Uh, other resources that we may look at is uh, looking at how we use our uh, 5307 funds, uh, redirecting those funds, uh, getting more access to funding from the county. Uh, we project it's going to take us about an additional $6 million. Uh, now, the county doesn't have the entire $6 million. We do that through partnerships. We do that with a partnership. Maybe the city pays a portion of it. Maybe the county pays a portion of it. Maybe we got a million here from uh, Malden, a million from uh, Simpsonville. Uh, so everybody chips in, and we have a system that's going to be effective and efficiently. So people will feel good not only using this bus uh, for transportation to and from work, but also use it for recreational purposes and, and, and driving. Uh, we, we, gas is $4.09 a gallon today. Ooh, I know. <laughs> we're just driving by that. There's a, a gas station right behind us. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Keeps so going up. We want to have a reasonable alternative for people uh, to be able to get to and from their destinations without uh, having to drive the cars. Yeah. Well, and I think you when you said that too about recreation or work, like just it's all about, you know, let's talk about it as a workforce mobility issue. Mm -hmm. um, how does transit fit into those ideas around economic development and, and movement? I mean, I I was talking to um, Reverend Stacy Mills yesterday mm -hmm. about working with him from his new position around, you know, it's not just equity, but it's also economic mobility, mm -hmm. right? And and his focus so transit, making sure people can get to work, um, gives them a way out of maybe a situation, financial situation, right? They can earn more money, be able to be there more consistently, as you mentioned, right? They can work more hours. Absolutely. And also they can, to be frank, live with dignity, meaning they can have time to do fun things with their family and they're not stuck on a bus for an extra hour, right? So Absolutely. those kind of things that are just about being human and living, having a good life. Yeah, absolutely. So, so some of the economic mobility issues that you speak of, uh, the bus runs about 70% of our routes or two-thirds of our routes run in the county. Uh, but we don't service many of the major manufacturers here. Uh, BMW, for example, uh, there are a lot of opportunities to work at BMW. They need people to go to work. Uh, I think we can tap into a better transportation system to get people to and from uh, our manufacturing centers. Uh, the Lockheed Martins, the 3Ms, the Donaldson Center area, we need better service down there so we can have access to the manufacturers. I think in turn that would encourage more uh, developers and uh, manufacturers to come and build uh, the corporate offices, their manufacturing plants here, if they know that we have a reliable system that will get their people to and from work in a timely manner. Uh, to speak of the recreation part of it, some of the ideas we've had, and I'm, I say recreation and shopping, uh, because most of our recreations are, are, are city centered. 
uh, with the beautiful Unity Park that we have coming, we have service there. But what about the county? What about some of the parks and recreation centers out there? Uh, what about our shopping? Uh, we know the woes of Woodruff Road. Um, no one wants to drive on Woodruff Road. Nobody uh, wants exactly. To. It's, 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 a, it's a, a madhouse, <laughs> especially during the holiday season. So our thoughts are, let's create a park and ride. Let's create a, a place where a person can park their car. You have a bus uh, from GTA Greenlink that will pick them up, take them down the route, drop them off at specific locations along Woodruff Road so they can do their shopping, uh, have their entertainment, get, once their shopping is completed, get back on the bus, go back to the parking ride lot, and go home. Uh, with that, you save on gas, you save on frustration, and you have a much happier shopper. Yeah, I think there are a lot of really creative ideas. Um, Greenlink's worked really hard on their transportation development plan mm-hmm. that's covering, and I, I know being on the board, you're really familiar with it, but for our listeners, for, um, y'all can find this all online if you're interested, mm-hmm. but it's information about not what's just coming in the next year or two, yeah. mm-hmm. but the next you know three years, five mm-hmm. years, ten yeah. years, and really making some plans mm-hmm. so that both communicating with the community as a whole, but also... I think it's kind of like the dominoes are lined up, right? So we've got some really big work. What do you think are some of the important things that are about to happen at GreenLink um, that that are coming online in the next year or two? Well, again, you mentioned the TDP, uh, or Transportation Development Plan. I don't use the acronym. Uh, A lot of that's already in the works. Uh, You're you're an example of uh, our TDP. We're going to get more Proterra buses on the road. We're going to focus on that green energy. You're going to see more of that in the next two to three years as it relates to uh, our TDP. Uh, Redesign our routes. We've already done that so we'd be more efficient so we can go to the center centers where people are actually are who actually need transportation. But one of the prides that has come out of the TDP and is currently in the works is our $49 million maintenance facility. Mm-hmm. We're very excited about that because that's going to enhance the operations of GTA GreenLink, uh, give us access to northern Greenville County provide a transfer center there and a maintenance facility that's going to be able to manage our bus fleet as we continue to grow. So those are some of the things that are part of the TDP. It's a five-year plan. It's it's an evolving plan. Uh, We know what we do today, our plan today may be different or the outlook of Greenwood County may be different in in three years. So we go back and revisit that that TDP and make sure that we are hitting our goals and our benchmarks and also getting a dedicated funding to make sure that DDP that TDP is doing what it needs to do. Yeah, no, I think that, and one of the things that's impressed me a lot about the GreenLink staff have, has just been their thoughtfulness and their planning, mm-hmm. that it is something around, you know, for example, right now they're looking at a lot of the bus stops and mm-hmm. renovating those to make them ADA compliant, mm-hmm. but just recognizing that takes many months to get all of the things in line that they need to have in line to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they adjust right. pretty quickly if they notice that something, um, right. if, if, if I'll say this, as riders, we may not see a quick adjustment mm. because of some of the policies and procedures they're required to do, mm. but they can see that something needs to change and then start to work on that. Absolutely, and, and that's part of it. We make sure that if a, bu- if a bus stop is not in the right place, we make that adjustment. As you drive around Greenville, you see these new fancy bus stops, and they're beautiful. I'm excited about it. But there's also a process to that. Sometimes we have to work with the state to get a right of ways to actually build a, a, a bus stop. And so it's not just you just, okay, that's a new bus stop. Well, it's a lot of work to went behind getting that bus right. stop there. Uh, while we, and people oftentimes request, well, I need a bus stop on this side of the road. Well, you have to understand the system. The buses run uh, diagonally to each other, so it may not be the cost-efficient thing to do to put a bus stop where you want. But we'll try to get it in a convenient place where you don't have to walk as far to that bus stop or, or wait. So these these shelters we have are going to be covered. They're going to be nice shelter, well-lighted. 
Uh, we're going to have the technology in there that, that says to you uh, the bus is 15 minutes away or the bus is five minutes away. That uh, the, the unfortunate thing uh, in the past is you were standing there waiting for a bus and you never knew when it was coming. Well, we have you didn't to know if you just missed it or if you're going to exactly. it was right on the corner. Right. So with with our GPS systems that we have today, uh, we can connect those GPS systems to the bus stop and the person can look up and see that hey, the bus is only 10 minutes away. Or do I have time to run across the street and grab me a, a coke before the bus comes? That type of thing. Yep. So uh, it's it's technology. It's, it's just kind of nice customer service, I think, and, and keeping people, like we said, just kind of that <laughs> the dignity of waiting, right? Not exactly. sitting there for an hour when you can kind of organize your life a little bit more if you can, if you have a little more time and knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about as well, because I think this goes into transit, mm-hmm. um, as in, transit as infrastructure, mm-hmm. the Unified Development Ordinance is currently under consideration by county council, um, and county staff are working with consultants and putting out the modules and that sort of stuff. What are your initial thoughts on the UDO as it's been coming out, and, and what are you looking forward to as in the, in the coming months? Okay. Well, I'm very excited about the UDO. Uh, one, because part of my platform is uh, infrastructure, managed growth. Uh, we all know the woes of Woodfront, which we just talked about. But, uh, for example, um, down at Bunny Bray Golf Course, it used to be a beautiful golf course, you used to play golf there. Uh, now it's, they're redeveloping it to build over seven to 800 houses. Uh, on Ashmore Bridge Road, uh, on a two-lane road. Now, this is on the backside of Lockheed Martin and 3M, plus already the current infrastructure of housing that's there. Why are we building 800 houses and not thinking about the infrastructure first? I think this is a lack of, of planning, a poor planning. It's not smart growth. What the UDL gives us is the opportunity to, to help us manage that growth, uh, to get rid of the wild, wild west mentality of uh, go west, my friend, and expand. And that's what we have in the West. It's no regulations right now. There's no directive. Developers come in and say, See, got a nice piece of land. Let's build 800 houses there. And there's no zoning propositions in place. There's no uh, planning uh, or development or design reviews. All of those things uh, are encompassed within the UDO. And if we get that UDO, which, by the way, is two years behind schedule. Okay, So we need to get that thing uh, in place as development comes. We need to have infrastructure in place. We can project out what the county is going to look like in 10 years. We can look at growth patterns. We can determine that, yes, this is going to be a high growth area. Let's build infrastructure first. Let's make sure that we have access to water and sewer, that we have sidewalks in place, that we have the roads in place, that we have traffic coming, that we design uh, for buses to drive on those roads. Uh, Because if you have 800 people moving in the area, everybody doesn't have a car. So if we're going to promote transportation, then we need to make sure buses are able to access those neighborhoods as well. So UDO is going to be a great plan. Uh, I'm still studying. It's a it's a five thousand word document. Oh my goodness! It's Tried huge. to read it the other day again, and I've read it. I was in a conversation, and I was embarrassing. You know, mm-hmm. got something wrong. I yeah. said, "Oh, but it does da da da." And the person was like, "Actually, I think it says this." And I'm like, "Oh man! All right, let me go back again." I need to dig back in and, and see it all. And um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, to and I, I misspoke. It's, it's over over sixty thousand new words because I looked my different word count on it. So there's a lot of words yeah. there, and they they need to make sense to us. Um, because what we don't want to happen is get lost in the, in the sentences of what's there in the UDO and make sure that plan is in effect. Uh, let's not pass a plan and then put it on a shelf and let it collect dust. Let's put it into action. The UDO, is, the, the consulting firm is working with it. They're doing a great job. But council has a responsibility to make sure we pass it and put it in place. So our develop, developers will have a guide and understand how we're going to develop Greenville County. 
And that plan not only needs to match what we're doing in the county, but also the city's plan as well. The city's uh, coming up with a, a new development plan as well. So those p- plans need to mesh with you because the city of Greenville sits right in the Greenville County. So uh, both plans need to be consistent in, in the level of, of development, yeah. in development planning. Okay. Well, and I'm excited to see. I know that the modules as they're coming out. The next one is the um, land de- developments, mm-hmm. and specifically around those kind of issues. Yep. Um, are there any issues around connectivity, like whether it's sidewalks or multimodal trails? I mean, just as it as it kind of links in with mm-hmm. what we're doing at GreenLink and right. hoping for in the future there. Um, where does the UDO, how do, what role does, does the UDO play in that? Well, when I think about my district, District 23, uh, when I look at our current uh, situations within the district, if I look at neighborhoods like Judson, I was walking in, in the Judson community and Sterling community uh, this past weekend, uh, they have no sidewalks. Uh, and traffic is, is, is horrendous. I mean, people are flying through in the neighborhood. It's dangerous for children. It's dangerous for families. It's dangerous for homeowners. So we want to make sure we have an infrastructure in place where we're building sidewalks, that we have access to streetlights. The lady I was walking with just say, look, we don't have any streetlights on this road. There are houses here. We need to make sure it's things as simple as streetlights, uh, traffic calming. All of those things can be part of the UDO, uh, part of that planning structure that needs to be in place when we start talking about infrastructure so people can have access and have walkable communities. Justin is easily a walkable community if you had sidewalks, uh, but we don't have sidewalks, so that makes it not walkable. And that, in turn, uh, when we look at the roads, this big Patera bus cannot go down a neighborhood street. No, that's right. Exactly. And it has to stay... The routes depend on, with these big Proterra buses, depend on the the turns and that sort of stuff and how narrow the roads are. Correct. And that means that a person who needs access to public transportation has to walk from their house maybe uh, a mile or so just to get to Easley Bridge Road just to catch the bus because simply the bus doesn't have the infrastructure to drive on throughout those neighborhoods. We want to create that, and I think the UDO gives us the opportunity in future neighborhoods as well as our current neighborhoods. I know that you're serving on the GTA board now, mm-hmm. and you ride the buses sometimes and yes. that sort of stuff. What are your first memories of riding on a bus? Uh, the first memories of riding, I mean, I rode, I've been on it for 13 years. So I remember the old buses that we had. They were not as nice and pretty as these buses are. <laughs> uh, they were loud, uh, and I do not like the smell of diesel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, it, it's nauseating to me. Uh, like you were telling me earlier about, about getting the seasick on the, on the bus. Well, you get road sick. On, 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 on. It's just that diesel smell. So when I ride this nice, clean Proterra bus with all the lighting, the new seats, uh, the quiet ride. So that's one of the things that jumps out at me, at me immediately. But the, be- the second and most best thing about the whole process is meeting the people, talking to the people who ride the bus, uh, knowing that they're, they're not different from me. Uh, they just choose public transportation. As I look around this bus, there are a lot of people on this bus uh, have cars in their driveway. They just want the convenience of it, of driving to, uh, of riding the bus to and from their destination. So we want the bus system to be a system that is for everyone, not just for low-income people or people who are in need or, uh, or, or people who just don't have access. We want people to use this from a recreational standpoint. We want them to use this just to say, I want to go to and from my destination when I drive my car. I want to be more green focused and take some cars off the road and use GTA. So with that, I'm excited about the newness that we have. I know. it does. This bus kind of smells new, doesn't it? smells it? brand new. Yeah, I know. It's it does. Brand, I don't think it is actually brand new, yeah, it's but it's pretty four years old. Yeah, it's, it's about four close. years old. Yeah. Well, that's good. My mm-hmm. new car smell always runs out quicker Absolutely. than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining me today on the bus. I really do appreciate the conversation and the opportunity to talk. 
Is there anything else that you can think of that you wanted to add in this conversation? Erin, it's been great talking to you today. I hope all the listeners today have enjoyed what I had to say. Uh, Know that David C. Mitchell is going to be a great candidate for District 23, uh, and I will be a great councilman. Uh, My goal will be to bring a voice of reason to Greenville County Council, uh, to be a person that uh, this district can be proud of. Uh, and, and the actions that I take for the district and the work that I put in for the district, I want to make sure that Greenville County is represented not only locally but nationally. Uh, because when we say, yeah, that Greenville, we're telling people to come to Greenville, South Carolina and live and be here. We're telling developers to come here and build their, uh, their manufacturing plants. We're telling uh, businesses to come here and do business. We're telling people to move from the north and the east and the west and come to Greenville, South Carolina. My belief is that we need to have... Uh, the infrastructure in place. We need to have a plate prepared. Uh, I like to use it like this. If you invite a person to dinner and uh, you don't have any food on the table uh, for them to eat, then that's going to be very disappointing to them. I want people to come and say, uh, you know, in North New York, we had a wonderful public transportation system. Um, but down here, I can't get to and from uh, within an hour. We're going to better those things. We're going to get the dedicated funding for GTA GreenLink. But I need the support of your listeners. I need the support of my district to vote David C. Mitchell for Greenville County Council on District 23. Uh, primary elections on June 14th. And we would love to have your support, love to have your commitment uh, to help David C. Mitchell out win the seat and better serve this community of District 23. All right. Well, thank you so much again for riding the 502 with me today, David. Thank you, Erin. Enjoy every minute of it. Thanks. All right. Bussin', the Greenville Transit Podcast, has been brought to you by Greenville Connects and is produced by the Greenville Podcast Company. Please make sure to check us out and give us five stars so everybody can find us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.